Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So. Blog Talk Radio. Showtime. All right. Sunday night, late night radio. What fun. Well, that way. One, two, three, four. Woke up this morning looking for my shoes. Looked behind the trunk, found the hesitation blues. Lord, tell me how long. Lord, tell me how long. Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate?
All right. There's no doubt about it. We love this guy, Eddie Lingle. I I always hope that I pronounce his. I always hope that I pronounce his name last name right. Lingle. I think I I think I always ask him that all the time. So, but here we go. We're we're doing the show with Eddie Lingle. Uh, we do have a couple of show announcements. Nick. Uh, you're talking to somebody. It's not set in stone right now, but who might we have next week? Uh, hopefully, uh, Generosa Carbone, who uh, wrote Cut Me Open, Make Me Whole, which is a great Indian horror novel, American Indian horror novel. Oh, uh, that cool. That came out uh, just uh, late last December. And so uh, I'm, uh, we're, we're negotiating dates, but it could very well be this Sunday night. Yep, and of course oh, very it's cool. published by Black Bedsheet. Yep. There you go, Tom, Black Bedsheet author. Yeah, very cool. Cause, uh, I'm digging the Native American horror and lore and stuff. I just deal with the Wendigo and all that. So. Oh, yeah, speaking of that, the one that I'm working on this weekend that I'm going to wrap up this week, uh, once I um, get a good cover um, design, which is in the works and stuff, but uh, it's already just about edited. And that is The Indian Problem by uh, Mary Quijano, who used to uh, write, um, who uh, was published by Zebra Books back in the old paperback days and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, and that has to do with the Wendigo in Canada in the 1920s um, with a Catholic run, um, uh, kind of like a boarding school slash like the orphanage that um, uh, um, where they abduct Indian children and basically raise them there. And it's, it's um, a real uh, history um, kind of a thing, but it has to do with the Wendigo also. And cool. it's like, uh, it's, it's really cool and unique. So, yep, that's what I'm working on right now. And also yes. your book, Tom. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, your next, your third Twilight Zone. So, and right yeah. away, trust again. Those covers get all kinds of compliments, too. I'm telling you, Nick, those, those first two books covers. So, I'm excited to see the cover of the third one. Because I, I know yeah. it'll be half as good as the others. It'll be, it'll be outstanding, so. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. But, and that yeah, should I mean, probably I, be out uh, by the end of this month. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, because yeah, like, like, like I said, um, the, Na- the Native American stuff, the Skinwalker and the Wendigo, man, that's stuff scary shit. Well, it's you know, that's yeah, yeah, it is. You, know. you have one um, um, that you did called Whiteout. Yep. You know, yep. they got to tackle the Skinwalker one one of these days because that's just you know. I mean, it is a short story, but I wouldn't mind do, trying to do it in a novel, but I don't think I'd hit do it half as good as what those other authors would. So, you know, but it's always good to talk to them and glean stuff off of them and see, you know. Uh, I, I'm also um, uh, sometime this month going to come out with another uh, classic uh, classic horror thing. I have um, um, Carmela and Frankenstein, and the next one... Um, I'm deciding. I'm deciding what I want to do. I mean, everybody does Dracula, so I'm going to do something a little bit more obscure than that. It's probably I forgot his name. I don't have the my computer in front of me, but I think it's called the Beetle that I'm going to do next. 
Okay, like a heavy cool. book. I just have to be familiar huh? with it, more familiar with it. <laughs> so well, I can't come look how it influenced me with Shadows in the Dark because I used the Karnstein name and from Carmela, so you know. Yeah, I think uh, I think his first name is Robert something, but I have to look. I, I'm kind of deciding, and that's an obscure book. It's been published by others. It's public domain. But it sounds interesting, so I have that and a couple of other possibilities. But I want to do more kind of obscure ones that people haven't heard of too much and, and just, like, uh, put those in the limelight instead of, you know, just uh, normal. I'm also thinking of doing uh, Where the Lair of the White Worm by Bram Stoker. Oh, cool. Yeah. That would be a good one, too. Yeah, but I'm well familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. So oh, yeah, and nope. And uh, the two ones that I do have that I I published that uh, they actually sell. So it makes me want to do more. So yeah, it's uh, nice to have you know extra money coming in from all these like um, uh, and and to uh, and to actually get people readers familiar with uh, stuff that's written like 150 years ago that they haven't heard of before. So it. Uh, it, it doesn't you need work. to get reacquainted because that influenced everybody, really. You know. Yeah. <coughs> yep, indeed. Nothing like that stuff. That's Tom, what made everything happen afterwards. Tom, you got a busy schedule going on right now. Give us some information on you right now. Well, I just did halfway to Halloween in your Ann Arbor. That went okay. Does. Great as I was hoping for, but it did okay. But it also set me up to do uh, that. Somebody showed up, and they're doing a convention called Rotten Manor, and that's in September. We can start at Labor Day weekend, and that's across from the Holly uh, Renaissance Festival. I mean, they got the overflow, the traffic from that too. So, but I have nothing really in June. Or the rest of May, but uh, I do have July is bang, bang, bang. It's like first weekend in July, fourth weekend. Before then, I have Alpena ThunderCon. Two weeks later, I have Arts on the Bay in Alpena. And then uh, two weeks after that, well, actually, the last weekend in July is Motor City Nightmares. Then I have Hi. Labor Day weekend. I have, like I said, Rotten Manor is what it's called. And then that's her second one. And then I have something that's basically just down the road from my house. It's a a park has a local park next to my now within a mile of my house has a thing. It's an arts and craft show. I thought, well, I'll give it another try. Some years ago I didn't do that well at it, but I went to it last year. I thought, well, they got it set up differently, so where you know you can. It, it was it actually had a lot of people there, so I'm thinking, well, I do. Even, at least I wouldn't have to drive far or, you know, go far or pay a lot of money. So, And that's about it for the, that rest of the year. I mean, I was hoping to do Cherry Cut up in Traverse City next weekend, but maybe next year and, you know, and an author's thing in June. But I, it filled up before I could get to it. So, but maybe next year, you know. I'm, yeah. And I'm still looking at something in August possibly. So, you know, but I got a pretty good schedule going on. I got like. Let's see, three, four, five. Probably about six things going on the rest of the year with nice. options on a couple others. So, yeah, you know. That's what, that's and I'm what still writing. Love about so. him, man. He's constantly working. 
If he's not well, out geez. there pushing himself, he's sitting behind the desk and he's and you work a full time job. You're sitting yeah. behind the desk and you're pushing book after book and they just keep getting better and better and better and better and that's that's how Tom rolls. Yeah, my dad, it's funny because when we celebrated Easter, my dad came over and he goes, oh, I got a couple of possible ideas. They're kind of Twilight zone type stories for you. And one was, uh, he said he, he just, he moved into a new place and there's this full-length mirror and he looked at it, he wasn't paying attention, he looked at it and he thought he he didn't recognize himself in the mirror and he goes, like, he started talking to us, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's yeah. me. <laughs> and, and then another one was about this guy on a boat killing two of his business partners Throws him in the ocean, you know. He throws him in the ocean, let him to drown. And twenty years later, he comes back on his yacht, past him, and there's two guys in the water, you know, trying to, you know, screaming to be rescued, and it's them. And I go, okay, well, I wrote those two, so that's like, yeah, that was, those are pretty good ideas. So, you know, so the guy ends up having a conversation with himself in the mirror about, you know, you know. So that was, you know, it just gave me a couple of ideas. I was going to take a break, but it's like. Okay, if you're giving me the ideas, I got to write them. So you know, so I've been staying kind of busy that way. You know, yeah. writing while I got the while the juices are flowing, the creative juices are flowing. So you know, I mean, you yeah. got to take, you got to, you got to do it while the while you got them. So other than that, I, just kind of. We're about to bring on Eddie. Work. We're about to bring on Eddie. Uh, okay. I just wanted to make uh, one little show announcement, and Tom, I swear it's coming to you. Um, it is about to be summertime. All you guys, you're going to have all this sweat in your mustache and beards. Your body's going to get sweaty, and girls, too. Your body's going to get sweaty. That's disgusting. Gonna, well, it's true. <laughs> And the only way to wash off that sweat with, is with Honest Amish Soap. Uh, go to HonestAmish.com, put, uh, put in the code TALKINGBEARDS. You're going to get 15% off on the order. Tom, I wish I got you a little bar of soap now so that you could actually say, yes, I feel so refreshed. It, you do feel refreshed. It's made with all natural ingredients. Go with Aaron D. Johnson. He will wipe your sweat away. Okay, just as long as the ladies don't have beards, that's all right with me. <laughs> what do you think? You think Aaron D. Johnson is going to kill me for that one? No. Okay, boy. You're yeah, pushing go the product, to honestamish.com. So. Type in the uh, code word "talking beards." You're going to get 10, 15% off your order. The soap is not expensive. Tom, I'm so sorry. You will get your soap before the end of no, no summer. No problem. Stuff gets in the way. Life gets in the way sometimes, man. Yeah. So we're gonna get you. We're gonna get you your soap, and I'm gonna get you the licorice flavor. It smells like okay. licorice. Okay. You deserve to smell like licorice all day. People are gonna be like, oh, I want some black licorice all of a sudden. Okay. No all right. Let's let let. Drum roll. Here we go. And before I put on the drum roll, before I bring them out, bring them on, there is something I, I do want to say about Eddie Lingual. Um, I was sick for a long time, Tom. You know that. We 
We couldn't yep. do the show for a long time. And um, we decided to bring the show back on. Eddie okay. was the first guest that we asked to come back on the show. And I didn't think that I would have the mojo to do the show. Like, where's my mojo? I got to find my mojo. Eddie helped me find my mojo. <coughs> the first time he came back, a couple of years ago, it was a great show. In fact, after we got done with the show, I walked out into where Nick was. I was like, holy shit, I got my mojo back. And the fact is, it was because of Eddie. Eddie, I'm giving you a huge compliment here. You helped me find my mojo back. And without further ado, I Nick, you got to hook up your drum machine and you got you your little DJ machine and you got to give me a drum roll because kind of hurts after doing that with your fingers for so long. Eddie, how you doing? Hey, Francie. How you doing, buddy? I'm okay. <laughs> I'm recovering. We shot Wednesday night from, oh, well, actually Wednesday we started filming like in two in the afternoon, and we wrapped up about three in the morning, and then we went wow. back on Thursday. We started about eight at night and went to like eight in the morning, and then Friday we started about eight and ended up at nine in the morning. <laughs> so it was a rough three days, Francie. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah, I, I did see, um, in fact, I'm actually looking at it right now where you got, um, oh, you got uh, Tom and Jerry. Jerry was the mouse, right? What's yeah, that? you got Jerry uh, comfortably in the bed, fluffing his pillow to go to sleep. Yeah. Oh, no, Jerry Scott did that. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm not following you. I'm not, I'm not sure. Tommy oh yeah, it. you said uh, you put your comments. So this is what sleep feels like. And Terry Scott uh, does uh, Jerry doing a little snuggling up to the pillow action and going to bed. Oh, oh yeah, I just saw that. Okay, yeah, I just actually just saw that. <laughs> You're right. It's <laughs> so cute. Yeah. So, so I, I've been watching all your, I've been looking at all your photos. Man, this movie actually, I mean, come on, it's it's you, Eddie. Okay? I mean, all the movies that I have watched with you has not been disappointing. Oh, thanks, Francie. Appreciate you. So, yeah, this one, what, what is this I'm one really about? Excited. I'm really oh, excited for no, this one. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's uh, it's a werewolf movie. It's my first time doing a werewolf movie, and uh, I'm not supposed to say the title, you know, because it's. I actually got funded from this one. A guy named Jeff Miller, out of Los Angeles, he got a hold of me, and he funded the project. He had me write the script. It was kind of his idea, and then we kind of collaborated on it. I said, Well, how about if we do this? And he loved it. Basically, it's an app. It's an app that you download off the web on your phone. 
and then you, the app has like supernatural powers that turns you into a werewolf. But you have to go to the graveyard. You have to have a vial of werewolf's blood, and then you have to, you know, cut your finger, put your blood into the chalice, and mix it with the werewolf blood, and then you drink it under a full moon. And then the the app recites this like ritual prayer, you know. And that's what gives you the power that turns you into a werewolf. So we're kind of creating our own breed of werewolf. So you don't have to get bit anymore. Like the traditional way you can be created now, like in a lab. So yeah, it's kind of different. At first I was like, "Ah, I don't know if people are going to dig this, but you know what? People so far, like the, the little amount of people that know about it are kind of digging it. They're like, okay, kind of different. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a gamble. Either they're going to love it or they're going to hate it. I think the traditionalists, I don't know. But the younger kids, I think they'll dig it because the whole app thing. And, yeah, you know I, what I, mean? I think, what I think a new generation will like it. Yeah, the new yeah, younger the generation, young the newer generation will like it. The yeah, tech savvy people? Have a lot. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the kids that are in the cast are younger. He wanted younger. So, like, a couple of them are in high school, and the other one's, like, early 20s. They all love it. So, that's a good thing, you know. Wow. I would have never. <laughs> wow. That is... Wow. So, this guy that actually wrote the script, is he seeking therapy right now? Oh, it's me. I wrote the script. Oh, oh, so are you thinking, are you seeking therapy right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jeff just called me up, and he goes, Eddie, we messaged me on Facebook, he goes, he saw Ratchet, and he really loved Ratchet, and he goes, you know, um, I want you to make a movie like that for me. You know, can you do, you know, I, I, he goes, I was thinking uh, Werewolf Computer Programmers. And I wrote back, oh, I kind of low-key really like that. That's kind of different. We're, you know, and he was just kind of being funny. And he goes, how about werewolves that create an app that turn you into a, they, you know, they, they turn you into a werewolf. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of sci-fi, little far-fetched, which brings some realism into it. I said, well, how about if they take the phone that has the app on it, and they go to the graveyard, and they incorporate pagan type. Because I used to study pagan stuff, so I'm like, okay, let's bring in like the pagan element. So you need some blood, you need a chalice, you need a full moon. You know what I mean? So you're kind of doing like a pagan ritual to make it a little more plausible, more believable. And he's like, I love it. Let's do it. Let's write a treatment. So I wrote the treatment. We went back and forth the whole month of October. And I was on pins and needles because I really wanted to impress this guy because he's got, if you look Jeff Miller up on IMDb, the guy's got over like 50 films. You, you wow. Know? So, yeah. So for me, it was a great opportunity to, to ride that, you know what I mean, that wave. So oh, yeah. right around Halloween, right around Halloween, he's like, I love it, Eddie. Let's go for it. The treatment's great. Start writing. So I started writing in November. And, man, he wanted – like, I was never under that kind of pressure because he wanted it done quick. I finally finished the the draft eh, end of February. So it took me November, December, January, February. So that was the quickest that I've written a script because Ratchet took me six months. Melonheads took me, like, six months. 
So I did this, Francine, about four months. But it was like nonstop. Oh, wow. Like, and then I caught COVID again, you know, in December. So I had to take a break for like 10 days. I wasn't feeling good, you know. Wow. But we plowed through it. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. Who was that? Oh, that's Tom Sawyer. He was, he's been on with you all the time, uh, all yeah. the shows. Tom Sawyer. Hey, Okay. No more Billy. Is Bill no no longer with you guys? But William William can't be here tonight. I guess it's you know his wife's birthday this weekend. And, weekend, yeah. Well, He's out of town. You know, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> my, girlfriend's always, my girlfriend. But always he did he always. did want us to tell you hi, and he's sorry he cannot miss he, that. And if he's able to get away from the dinner table, he is going to try and call in tonight. Yep. Okay. But you do, have Tom, months, you do have Tom, Nick, and I. Thought you were hey, going to say Tom, Tom Nick, and Harry. Birthday. Yeah. Didn't you yeah, have a birthday? Uh, birthday was last week. Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it was last Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that, that was good. It was good. I got a, I got a like a Panasonic uh, DJ machine. I'm gonna try out. Never done the DJ thing, but when I'm writing and working on, uh, you know, publishing books and things, in my office, uh, a lot of times I just play on YouTube these two-hour-long like DJ sessions and and stuff. So a friend of mine noticed whenever he came over that I was watching that a lot, so he bought me one. And I thought. Oh, I get to kind of learn that myself. <laughs> Wait, well, you, that's what I, that's how I make my money. I mean, besides the movies, I'm, I've been a 30-year uh, DJ. I do, like, weddings, parties, karaoke, bars. So what did you get? What What, what is it? Oh, it's uh, – I don't have it in front of me, um, and I'm not familiar with the machines. I know that it's a Panasonic, and it's not um, – they're not turntables, but they're the – the the other kind that you can that that you turn it's got like a dual like two different uh, it, it, I th- I guess it's just your basic um, I put it on my uh, um, profile page today actually I, I got a, a photo of it yeah it's on, like a whole bunch of switches where you can go volume up volume down you can do like the spinning and those record. like little things that looks like you could put a 45 on them but you can't really put a record on them and they spin uh, and there's one on each side <laughs> <laughs> I, I got i got so much to learn but um but this is uh what i've noticed a lot of them kind of use this i guess it's pretty fundamental but i mean you can do a lot of uh, so i'm going to Oh, uh, so I'll my laptop a, up to it and download the app. And, no, um, you got and, a pioneer. And, yeah, you got a pioneer record box. Those are expensive. Someone bought you that? I'm trying to close the door so our cat don't get out. Yeah, yeah. For my birthday, he just brought it over and he and he explained to me. I know you watch DJ stuff while you're working, so uh, and and there you have it. So yeah, I'm gonna gonna make an attempt to learn. Yeah, those are really cool, dude. I have one, <laughs> and I've never been able to master it. I used to use vinyl. I used to use records back in the 90s, and then I switched to DVD, you know, CDs and record, and then I had to switch over to this, and I just never mastered this. Just never mastered it. 
Uh, well, good luck. Uh-oh. Good luck. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you guys, next show you, that you're on, you and you and Eddie should do like a uh, like a little DJ like competition. <laughs> <laughs> they both just say. <laughs> I guess that's a no. Tom, I thought that would have been great. Yeah, I don't know how to do those, man. I just never mastered those. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to try. I, I guess you can download music from anywhere and just integrate it with I don't know what and then sample it and then whatever. And then just, uh, you know, I guess I got to just read up. Uh, just put one foot in front of the other and see what happens. I'm sure I can mm-hmm. do something with it. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was really a good, cool birthday present. Yeah, those aren't cheap. Yeah. They're a couple hundred bucks. Uh, that's that's what I kind of figured. Yeah, it's DDJ slash 400 slash in. Oh, yeah, I keep thinking, Panasonic. Yeah, you're right. It is Pioneer. Pioneer DJ. Yeah. Yep, brand new. Yeah. for 15000 you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, it, 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 it looks, I, I sent you a, I tagged you with a photo, and I was letting a friend of uh, mine uh, watch it with me for the first, well, not me with the first time. I was like, hey, you got to see this movie. And he was, and I was like, hey, I'm going to take a photo shoot. I'm going to let Eddie see. Look what we're watching right now. You know? Yeah. And I tagged you with it. And, you know, the guy that I was watching it with, don't worry, it was not like an affair. <laughs> I love Nickerdoodle. But the person that I was watching it with, he was like, wow, this is a great movie. And you're able yeah. to accomplish that on such low budget. Yeah. I know, and we're doing it again now with this one. We have a little more money than we did for Ratchet, but not much. Not much more, you know? It's a micro-budget again, and it's ambitious once again. You know, I try to write these scripts where they're not so ambitious, but they just always end up being so ambitious. And my one buddy who shot Ratchet, he's like, dude, you can't shoot this for 20K. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can't, at least not with him, you know, so we had to switch gears and went with somebody else, you know, and, and we're doing it. We're doing it. We got real lucky. A lot of locations, though, we're, we're, we're like either really cheap or free. Now, this house wow. we shot in over the, yeah, this house that we shot over the weekend, 
uh, it was the Bye Bye Man. Remember that movie, The Bye Bye Man? Yeah, oh, I have that years. on my shelf. I haven't seen it yet, though. That's with um, what's his name that uh, played in uh, uh, the Star Trek Discovery, Pan's Labyrinth. Um, I met him a couple of times. Uh, he's a cool guy that does all the makeup stuff. He he was the Bye Bye Man in it. Uh, I forgot his name. Doug Jones. Yeah, that's a pretty good movie. I really liked it. We shot in the same farmhouse. They filmed that movie in. Nice. Now that wasn't oh, cool. yeah, that wasn't cheap. That wasn't cheap. That cost us, but it was worth every penny. You know the money that we had to spend to get that. You know they wanted a thousand dollar deposit, and then they charged us X amount per day. You know. Now, hopefully, I get that thousand dollars back. If I don't, as long as I'm not damaged. <laughs> yeah. You know. Now, is that but, the uh, three-story house I'm looking at right now with the uh, yeah. three-car garage? Yep, I think so. Is it on my? Someone, a bunch of people are posting pictures. Yeah, that. Yeah, Nick, that's our dream house one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is a nice-looking house. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool, man. I probably could have booked it for a third day, but the one actress was from Detroit, and she had to go back for Mother's Day. They had something planned. They're like, Eddie, if we really have to film, we will, you know, and I'm like, well, I get it. They already already had something planned, and yeah, so hopefully we got everything that we needed. If not, we're going to have to go back and maybe do like one more day, but I'm hoping we got everything. But it was crazy, Francie. It was balls out, <laughs> like just crazy. I've never shot so much material so quick. And, you know, like I was telling my buddy Roger, it's like when you're shooting that fast in that many scenes, something's going to falter, whether it's the audio, whether it's the camera work or it's the acting. I don't think you can hit all three. You know what I mean? When you're going that quick. And that's yeah. what worries me. You know, that's what worries me. I'm hoping, I mean, I think, I, I saw most of the camera work. I'm always looking through the viewfinder, and it looked pretty solid, and the acting seemed pretty good. I wasn't able to hear the audio, obviously, because I wasn't listening to headphones. So, but I trust my guy. He's pretty He's pretty awesome. So, we'll see, you know. I'll see dailies this week, and fingers crossed, we nailed it. But if we have to go back, you know, we'll pay the money. You know, we'll go back, you know. Yeah. I bet you did though, because I mean everything that I'm looking at. I mean I'm I'm watching all your photos every day that you're posting, and it looks like not only do you have a good solid movie. Now that I know more about it, I mean, it looks like your cast is very solid, and so is your crew people. Looks like you guys are having a blast. I tell you what, these kids are a bunch of new kids I've never worked with, and when Jeff told me. I want young, 18 to 22. I kind of cringed. You know what I mean? Us older guys, it's like, oh. I, you know, Melon Heads, we have like a 30, 30 to 40-year-old age group. And that worked fairly well. So when he said, I want young, you know, he wanted to go for that uh, Stranger Things kind of feel with a younger cast, you know, that euphoria kind of thing. And I'm like, Okay, I'm not really sure how that's going to work. I tell you what, guys, uh, 
I don't think I ever want to work with 30 to 40 year olds again. These younger <laughs> kids, there's something about them. They bring an energy. They bring a vibrance, you know, um, and they were great. I, maybe it's because it was their, a lot of them it was their first big film, so they were hungry. I don't know. You know what I mean? But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I gotta tell you, it's 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 the it's the best cast that I've, I've done. This is my eighth film now. You know, starting back with Hell Week in '06, '05. Fancy these kids were phenomenal. I I got so blessed, so humble to have such an amazing cast. They didn't complain once. They were there for 12 hours. I mean, they were tired and they were worn down, but they just kept going. Every time we called action, they were right in it, Francie. It, nice. it, it was such a, such a blessing, such a blessing. I'm like, what did I do to deserve this? Thank you, Lord. You know what I mean? Seriously. I was yeah. just so humbled, so humbled. Because a lot of times, you know, people get cranky. They get agitated. They're standing around waiting for their parts. You know what I mean? Things happen. These kids, they yes. just—they're just amazing. I just can't say enough about these kids. Seriously. Yeah, it, it like I said, it definitely looks like you guys. I mean, it looks like just from the photos behind the scenes, and that graveyard, dude, that is that looks badass. You gotta tell us what's going on in the graveyard, or can you? Oh yeah, yeah. They, that's where they're doing the ritual. That's where they go to do the ritual in the graveyard. Yeah. That's where he drinks the blood, which then causes him to turn into a werewolf later. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that that's a that's a pretty creepy looking graveyard too at that point too. Yeah. It's sad because my mom's best friend is buried there and her two kids. Uh her oh. son got drunk, tripped and fell and cut his jugular on a shower. Like those sliding doors, you, you know, those, some have sliding doors in those showers, and he caught his jugular on the sharp edge and bled out. And his wife oh, came wow. the next morning and found him dead. Blood everywhere. It was horrific. The mother was so devastated, she ended up smoking herself to death, essentially. Got lung cancer, went to her brain, she was dead within six months. And then the oh, daughter... Wow. Yeah, she ended up dying of stomach cancer like three years after the mom. So it was Shawnee in 11, it was Kay in 13, and then Lisa in 17. What a tragedy, man. Wow. And they what were all that buried. had to do with the brokenhearted. Oh, 100%. Fancy, 100%. When Shawnee died, that was Kay's favorite. That was her baby out of the three kids, and she just favored him. And Shawnee Donovan, he was just devastating. Just devastating. Yeah, people say you can't die of a broken heart, but yes, you can. Oh, no, 100%. And then when the daughter was very close with the mom, and I knew once Kay died, my mom even said, I don't think Lisa makes it very long. And then sure enough, she developed a strange stomach cancer a couple years later, and she died quick too, man. Cancer took her out in about a year. Years awful. Wow. So that graveyard actually has a lot of meaning. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I didn't like being there. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, I couldn't wait to get out of there. I felt some weird energy there. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's power of suggestion or what, but 
I know they're just bodies, you know, but there's just a weird energy in graveyards. I don't know what it is. Maybe you guys, what do you guys feel about that? Well, people go back to the to the grave to go talk. I mean, people go talk, and, you know, there's a reason for that. I mean, yeah, that's just a body, but their spirit's still out there. Yeah, you wonder where they are, though, you know? Yeah. I I always I always think that they're watching over us. And it was funny. One of the actors, yeah. he he's a science. He goes, I believe in science, Eddie. He goes, there's no afterlife. You can't prove it. I said, but you can't disprove it either. I've had weird. Exactly. I've seen weird stuff, man. I have seen weird stuff, and I know I'm a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, not you, Eddie. <laughs> I know I saw what I saw, man. I'm telling you. You know, so it's kind of like Ozzy said, fairies wear boots, man. You got to believe, right? I saw it myself. <laughs> yeah. You, know. you got to clap. Yeah, I, I totally believe in the afterlife. You know, I, I saw some stuff, too. And, you know, you're going to talk to somebody who's a skeptic and, it's kind of like, you know, ah, you're not going to win the argument, so you just say, how you doing, <laughs> you know? I mean, if you That's... think about it, like you think about the, the universe and the galaxy and the stars, like there's so many stars out there, you know, the suns and planets, like we don't know what's out there, you know, like other forms of life and I don't know. Maybe it's just trying to like make ourselves feel better that there's something after this, but you, it's kind of hard to think that there isn't, right? That's when that's when it comes down to is you got to have. Well, I think George Michael said it best: is you got to have peace, right? You know, and yeah, I think that's what it all boils down to is that you got to have faith. Okay, you seen something. Yes, you did see something. It, it's not an imagination. It's not something that just said, hey, I'm going to, uh, you know, fool with your mind. No, there was somebody there. There was something there. There was a presence, and you seen it. Yeah. And sometimes they do let you know that they're there through the naked eye. Say, hey, I'm no. here. You know, to yeah. be like a lighted figure. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of talking. <laughs> but it could be a lighted figure that's saying, hey, you know, I'm here. I'm letting you know I'm here. I'm with you. So now you yeah. had Rob Yeager on your show, right? Francie, Rob, he played yes, Hunter Perry. we and... love Rob. Yeah, now he was in our last film, Melonhead. That is just about finished. We're almost in picture lock. We've been working yeah, on in that. Fact, we need to get you and him together on a show. Oh yeah, I'd love that. He yeah, uh, well, we he, he did an amazing job on Melon Heads. I can't wait for the world to see him in that. I just love him. You know, I just absolutely love that kid, and uh, he killed it. 
He killed it. He I, did a great job in Melon. As a matter of fact, we shot the ending two different ways. And the one ending, <clears throat> he, his neck snapped and he died. And I'm like, man, he does so good. He does so good. I said, Mick, we can't kill him. We cannot kill him off. <laughs> so we, we thought, yeah, we thought it would be really cool to have that one last where the creature comes up from behind him and snaps his neck. The audience wouldn't expect it, you know? And I'm like, luck, thank God. My gut said Eddie shoot it both ways. One where he lived, one where he died. And the editor really wanted that ending where he dies because he thought it was cool, like how he gets his neck snapped. And then I saw the other other version where he lived, and I'm like, no, man, we got to keep him alive because I really think they're going to want a sequel. You know, I really think they're going to want it. I'm, I'm telling you, I think the people are going to want a sequel for this one. It's it's so good. You know, like he's just so and he's so good in it. And to kill him off, Francie, would just be a waste because I think the audience wants to see him come back for the sequel. You know what I mean? So I would be shooting myself in the foot by by killing him off, you know? And he wants to come back for another one. He was so good. And so was the blonde, his co-star. They're so good together. We They live. So well, I kind of ruined it for you guys. I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, but no. I, I, I got a I got a confession for you. Yeah. Um, he said that on the show. He loves you oh, to death, oh. man. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, so he already told you what happened then? Okay. No, no. When he was on when he was on the show. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and confess it. I love Eddie. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, he awesome. he wants to work with you on a lot of other pro- projects, and in fact, we do. In fact, when you were on the show last time, we got him on the show, and we were like, let's bring you both together, and then, you know, that's something that we need to do. Oh, yeah, whenever you guys want, let me know, man. I'll be happy to. Yeah. Right. Rob's great. You- I mean, he brings... We did a couple of throwbacks, I guess, to Hell Week. There's a scene in Hell Week when they're in the car, and the one guy, Wyatt, goes, well, JJ, Rob goes, hey, look at that moon, man. And then the guy, the coach, Wyatt, says, rings around the moon means trouble's coming soon. And then Rob <laughs> looks and goes, shut the fuck up, right? And it's just this great <laughs> moment that, because Hell Week's just so big and over the top, you know. It's just so funny. He's like, shut the fuck up. And so anyways, in this one, in Melonhead, they're in the, they're in the uh, woods. And his, George Tootie, he plays Oz. He's Rob's co-star. He goes, man, look at that moon tonight, man. Look at those rings around the moon. He goes, I think, uh, he goes, I think that means trouble's coming soon. And Rob goes, Man, where have I heard that before? <laughs> oh, my God. It's like this total hop homage that he plays towards his character in Hell Week. You know what I mean? But it was so, like, low-key, you know? So unless you're a fan and really know the movies, the audience won't get that. But anyone like you guys that have seen Hell Week, or like J.J., or Rob, you know what I mean? When he does it, I'm like, 
literally was screaming up and down in the editing bay because he pulls it off <laughs> so amazing. You know, he's like, I heard that before. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> you know I'll tell you how amazing that his character was when we booked him after watching Littlest Ratchet. I yeah. thought, oh my gosh, you know, he's probably going to be cocky. He's probably going to be like, you know, because that's how his character was, because he played it so well. I thought he was going to be a little cocky on the show, and but he is so laid back. He's like, man, come on, hit me with the questions. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's, yeah, he's no, a really no. cool guy. No, his energy is contagious. His energy is contagious. You know, Tom, you yeah, remember love... having. Is Tom still there? I'm still here. I'm just listening. Hi there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here till midnight, so. <laughs> yeah, just when, you, when the, you when the guy's talking having... and he's got a good thing to say, I don't want to interrupt him. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be quiet for a while. I've been doing a lot of talking. Huh? I'll let you guys. No, no, that's fine. You're the guest, man. I was just, I was just listening. So, when do you expect Melonheads to be out? Um, like I said, we were trying to wrap it before we started. Bu- Ugh, I almost slipped up and said the title of the movie. I'm not allowed to say the werewolf title. But, no, no, no. But then again, that would be exclusive on Prancy and Friends. So yeah. feel free to mention the title. <laughs> I'm kidding. And, uh, so we wanted to try to wrap it before we started that, the werewolf, but we just couldn't quite. So uh, we're going to try to wrap it up by June. I wanted it, they needed it by June to have an October release, and I don't think I'm going to, we're not going to make it. So we'll get it, the picture locked by June, but then the, the, the composer, I'm actually having a guy score the movie. So... He said he'll need about a month and a half to score it. So I'm thinking we'll get it to distribution by July. And then from there, I don't know, August, September, October, November, December. You think it'll be hopefully in time for Christmas? I don't know. December's not a good time. I would probably push back to January, February. Traditionally, December, you'd think it's a good time for horror, but it's it's really not. It's kind of like you wait wow, till after really? Christmas. Yeah, Jan, I studied this statistically, and it's for some reason, Francie, it's like, uh, or Tom, it's like uh, January, February is a better time to release horror movies because people are done with Christmas. They're ready to get back in that horror mode. It kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah you got to make those New Year's resolutions. Oh, crap. Let me just... Now you usually break them by February, so, you know, what the hell. Yeah, unless it's like a Christmas-themed horror movie, I think people aren't really vibing on that so much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I can tell you one thing, though. Uh, we have to watch Krampus every every Christmas now. <laughs> now, well, that was a great Halloween horror have. movie. Yeah. My, my Krampus or which one? Oh, uh, no, the the... the 
Well, I was. We gotta watch. We gotta watch Eddie's Christmas. Yeah, we gotta watch yours. There's, there's been other. There is a good one that um, had uh, three different Krampus stories in it that had William Shatner as a DJ, and that was okay. But the big budget Krampus, um, that where they ended up in a little, you know, um, crystal holiday ball at the end. yeah, that that one um, uh, yeah. is is like a must see for us every year ever since ever since we saw it. Uh, but uh, there's there's a lot of good horror elements in Christmas stuff too, if you really take a look. Yeah. I mean, I mean a live action version of Santa Claus is coming to town. That Winter Warlock uh, uh, should be would be scary as hell. Uh, you know stuff like that. So there's like you well, know no, we have watched your Krampus too, Eddie. It is fantastic. Oh, you wait. did see it? No, wait, wait. You did you did the Krampus two movie? Mother, yes. Mother Krampus two with the drag queen. Huh. I'm gonna have to check that out. I haven't. I I think Francie has. When I've been like shacked up in my yeah. office, I uh, know I've got to I've got to check that out. I I love. Krampus-oriented movies too, and I I uh, I realized that you did one, but I don't uh, I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one. I've got to see it. Yeah, it, think about it. it. It's um, it's it, it was super low. I'm not even going to tell you to watch it and hit me up on Facebook and let me know your thoughts. Okay, then I'll tell you the budget. Oh sure, okay. And that thing that thing has made a shit ton of money. Not. Not you know it, it's done really well. It did really well in that Walmart. That was your first I, Walmart shelf movie, wasn't it? Uh, no, no, that was number two. Scarred was oh, the first one. Oh, I was so close. Yeah, you yeah, know, and that one for some reason, Nick, I don't know. Um, it was super low budget, it, but it had a great cast. It had a great cast, pretty good story. Um, and Noelle did a great job shooting. You know, and it's, it's, you know what, it's just fun. It's campy, it's kind of over the top, and people just love the drag queen in it. You know, there's a drag queen in it that she's so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) We did not expect that to do what it did. Like, I was sitting around, and I was bored, and I called Noelle, and I'm like, Noelle, I'm bored. I have no money. Do you want to shoot a movie for free for me if I'll give you a back end? And she goes, sure. I go, let's do a Christmas movie. You love Black Friday or Black Christmas, that movie Black Christmas. I go, she loves oh, the, Black original. Christ- the original. The original, the 70s one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Margot Kidder was in that. Yeah. Or was so it Margot if you watch, if once you guys watch my Mother Krampus Part 2, you're going to see a lot of nods to Black Christmas because of Noel. And Roger, they really are big fans of Black Christmas. So they did a lot of things. I like, hey, didn't they do that in Black Christmas? You know, like, yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of homage to Black Christmas. So we did not, ex- we didn't pay any of the actors. You know, everyone just kind of donated their time. I go, let's look at this as a college project. Let's see where it goes. You know, we didn't expect it to do. ITN picks it up. He renamed, it was supposed to be called Naughty List. He renames it Mother Krampus, which is genius, right? And it sold 10,000 copies uh, in in Walmart, which 
you know, that's for an independent hey, film. That's a nod. Well, that's not more. You know, that's more than a nod. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, so you figured ten thousand times ten bucks. Yeah, I didn't see that, unfortunately, but, you know, there's costs and, you know, distribution and, you know, all that. But, yeah, I was very proud that that thing did those kind of nuts. For some reason, guys, I don't – it got shredded by the critics, though. No, that's the weird thing. Like, the critics hated it. That's when you got to love it. That's when people are going to go out and buy it and watch it because it got shredded by the critics. Yeah. This one kid held it up. Stocky little guy. Young kid. He he goes, this is complete shit. It has nothing to do with Krampus. It's a total money grab. Oh, he shreds it. But it's hilarious. If you ever try to find it on YouTube, just because he's so mad about it. (laughs) I'm I'm going to look for that video now. I know, Francie, it's so funny, man, because he's so mad about it. <laughs> don't, you, don't you love it when people, like, give you, like, all these fat? I mean, it's kind of like Dr. Peel said, um, okay, so you're going to create bad, oh, I forgot what it was, with Amy, oh, I forgot. I, I've been watching a lot of Dr. Peel lately. I got to... But he said, um, bad behavior creates bad press. So laugh at yourself. Yeah, I used to get really hurt and upset when Hell Week got shredded because it was my first. Oh. And now, yeah, now I'm just kind of like, okay, you know, I take it with a grain of salt. It's kind of par for the course. You know what I mean? Because it's just kind of how it goes. You know what I mean? Eddie, I will will tell you this right now on the live episodes with you on the show. Out of 143 pages and 36 shows on every single page, you're number two. What does that mean? I don't understand. We are the number two popularity show right now on Blog Talk Radio out of 143 pages with uh, 16 shows on every single page. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I sent you the link. Go check it out before we go off live. I sent you the link. Check it out. Wow. For number two. I sent you a Facebook message. Oh, my God. The only thing that's beating us right now is RTS Road to Stardom. Wow. You're number two. We- so, Freddie... I mean, uh, Eddie. Sorry. Eddie. We should pump up my website, FrightTechPictures.com, www.FrightTechPictures.com. All our movies are there. everything. Pump it up right now, Freddie, because we're about to not go live anymore. Pump everything right now. Okay. Yeah, www. So it's F-R-I-G-H-T-T-E-C-K, Pictures. P-I-C-T-U-R-E-S dot com. <laughs> we have t-shirts. Keep going. Movies. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, where can we find you on Facebook? Multi-networking. Uh, 
Uh, well, yeah, just Eddie Langell, Facebook, Eddie Langell. And then we have a Fright Tech Pictures um, Facebook fan page as well. I, I I recommend that everybody goes there because Eddie is like the biggest little sweetheart ever. Oh, Every Francie, actor I love you. that's ever worked with you that I've spoken to that's worked with you absolutely adores you. And Aww. your movies are high quality. You're not a shit show. You actually know how to get your shit done. And oh, Prince, thank you so much. No, thank you because you got my mojo back. Because, you know, yeah. I was sick for a while and I did that show with you. I was like, come on, Eddie, you and I, let's let's do this. And you jumped on board, and I was sick, and you got my mojo back. And I want to say I appreciate that. Nick, what did I say after Eddie's show? After not doing a show for a long time, I did the show with Eddie, and I walked out in the garage, and I was like, I got my mojo back. And it was because of you. Because you are that's so awesome. And you're you're a nice person. And I enjoy talking to you every chance I get. Honestly, that's how I feel about you. I remember when you sent me something on Facebook years ago. It was something with Steve Jobs and Aston Kutcher, and I it teared me up, man. When you had sent me that, it actually brought tears to my eyes that you took the time. And thought that of me and sent that to me, man. It really choked me up. I meant that. Do you remember doing that? Do you remember doing that? Remember that? I do remember doing that. I I think that was after our first show that we did together, and we were talking about how you didn't refuse anything. And that's (laughs) why I I do remember doing that. Yeah. Man, that was like our last apartment. That's like almost, oh, my gosh, I think that was 12 years ago. Holy crap, we've been friends for that long. And I don't regret a moment of it. I respect you. Oh, thanks. What was that sound in the background? Was that the end of the show? Uh, No, that was... uh... We're in the after party now, so nothing's live right now. But uh, oh. in the archives, like starting after the um, after the show ends uh, in about a half an hour ish, I think. Um, uh, then uh, then people that uh, download it or go to Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, other places, then they can uh, listen to the whole thing. Yeah, that oh. that alarm was actually um, uh, we we had to set alarms off for Nick's parents. Take their oh, that thing! Yeah, yeah. My uh, my parents both passed away, but I bought a special like um, digital clock in the kitchen that I programmed at like nine o'clock, nine p.m. Take your medication, stuff like that. I have kept it up to this day. So, so yeah, that that's what it was. It was that oh. thing. We didn't get the cover. We didn't get the cover of the new Hell Week that we're, we that we have out, and then we have Sluwah coming out, Melonhead, and then uh, you know the Werewolf movie. There was so much we didn't get to. 
Didn't that just mean we get to book you again? <laughs> yeah, we could get if we Bob on. We could talk about the new Hell Week. That would be amazing. We could do a giveaway and stuff, you know. That would be awesome. When yeah, the new Hell Week. The new Hell Week's getting great reviews, Francie. It's given, yeah. And unfortunately, the distribution guy Jeff, he's in the hospital. He almost died. He got attacked on balance, broke his throat, like his crushed his larynx, crushed his eyeball, and he had a stroke from it and crushed his skull. So he's been in the ICU since Valentine's Day. Oh. Horrible, horrible. So um, we were just about oh, wow. to release Hell streaming, and then that happened. So I don't know when Hell Week's going to get to streaming. It's only on DVD, and people really don't buy DVDs anymore, it seems like, you know? Oh, we got to get that streaming. I know, I know. So basically we have to wait for him to get out of the hospital, which I think is going to be in July. Yeah, because I feel once it goes streaming, it'll blow up. Like, people will catch it, you know. But right now, they're not trying to buy the DVD. I don't think people really – I don't buy DVDs anymore. Not really. You know what I mean? Who I actually does? You know what I mean? I just don't want the clutter anymore. They take up space. Yeah. And, you know, it's just so much easier. Get, I got my Roku stick, which I absolutely love, and I got my Netflix. I got – Amazon Prime, I got Tubi, Freever, you know, I got those free channels. It's like Pluto. Like, who's DVDs? All right, you you talked about having Netflix. I got to ask you, Team Johnny or Team Daniel? Team Daniel. Wait, what? (laughs) Cobra Kai. Kai. He probably doesn't watch Cobra Kai, Francie. Yeah, Cobra. Neither do I. Francie's really into that. I actually, I for her not. birthday, I gave her a subscription to Netflix so that she can okay. watch Cobra Kai. <laughs> watch. Yeah, watch it. I didn't watch it. You did not watch Cobra Kai? No, I didn't, Nick. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about this later. Tom. Is Tom still with us? No, no, I think he said you'll be at midnight his time, I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm like a hands-on movie person myself. I really like my library, and I like DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. They do take some space, but every once in a while, I, like, walk in there and browse through them, and it's nice to, like, uh, pick up old gems and go, oh, yeah, I forgot I had that, and uh, all kinds of other stuff that I haven't even still seen yet. And it seems like a lot of the streaming services, which we do have some, and, yeah, they are worthwhile, especially uh, if you want to see the later movies that are out um, and stuff. You know, eventually they go on those things, and if you have them, then you can watch them. Um, Like, I'm a big fan of the Disney Plus Mandalorian, um, and we could go off on that that kind of thing, you know, stuff like that. But Daniel Russo I was the bully. I keep thinking I could save a lot more money off uh, streaming services because there's still so much in my collection on Blu-rays and DVDs. Matter of fact, when you were talking about your Krampus movie, 
I was thinking, um, okay, maybe I can look online and find the Blu-ray or DVD to it. <laughs> yeah. There, I'm just, I, mean, I guess I I'm old-fashioned that way, one. and I like I to collect things. Nick, I can mail you one. Send me oh, your you address. can? Oh, awesome. yeah, I got 40 of them. Sit in my basement. I'll mail you one, man. Uh, okay. Oh, 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 sign it. Sign it. Okay, uh, please. Sure. It was great. Mail you one, Nick. You and I gotta watch it together. Yes, we will. Now, yes, don't we get will. me wrong. I still love DVDs. I have a box that I won't part with. Friday the Thirteenth. I have two versions of Halloween. I have Hellraiser. You know, I have The Devil's Advocate Blu-ray. I mean, I have my own collection that I will not part with. You know, I'm I'm great. like you. But on the same hand, my girlfriend won't let me bring any more new ones in the house just because they do take up a lot of space. They really do. But I, I, there is something about holding the DVD that I love. You know what I mean? But on yeah. the same hand, Hearing you know. Hearing that pop when you, when you pick it out of there and you hear that pop, pop, pop. Right. That's right. a jewel case, yeah. <laughs> He's just giving me so much shit about because we used to have stacks of DVDs. Matter of fact, there's three right here. What do I have? Oh, Mother Krampus. <laughs> there's Scar. <Yeah. laughs> and there's Hell Week. All my stuff. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> oh, there's the new Hell Week. I could send you the new Hell Week, too. Do you want to watch it? Oh, I'd, I'd absolutely love that and make that a priority to watch as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, no, she just gave me so much grief with that. I just kind of like, okay, kind of stopped it, you know, but, yeah. Uh, that that would be awesome. You know, earlier, um, uh, around the beginning of the show, you were talking about your werewolf movie that you're working on right now, and you were talking about yeah. how you don't know if it's going to be successful or if people are going to, um, uh, especially older people are going to, um, uh, except that you know the, it goes a little bit differently from the whole werewolf thing, where n- nobody gets bitten. It's it's uh, it's it's all uh, just you know um, uh, getting werewolf serum and then mixing your blood with the whole what you said. Uh, but really, that to me, having seen so many werewolf movies over my life and stuff, I'm always looking for something that's not the same old, same old. I'm looking for something that's fresh. And I believe that no matter what kind of monster or, or anything that you um, that you write about or make movies about or tell stories about, um, there's always a fresh perspective. And I think that that is something that you have going for you. That rest assured, they're gonna people are gonna grasp onto that kind of freshness with with this concept. I think. Mhm. Yeah. And we didn't make it cheesy. You know, it's not cheesy. I mean, I tried my damnedest to not make it cheesy. I watched a lot of werewolf movies over the winter. And obviously my faves are The Howling and, you know, American Werewolf in London. I actually like American Werewolf in Paris. That's a lot of fun. I thought it was a lot of fun, a lot of cheap CGI, but that was back in the day, though, so that was the best that they could do back then. I thought the story was pretty neat. Yeah, I I really loved it, to be honest with you. I really did. It was fun, you know? Yeah, um, I, I thought so, too. 
Even though, I mean, who cares? It, it, I mean, the studio does, but it didn't make that much money. But, I mean, really, um, I wouldn't mind uh, uh, coming back to that again um, these days, just uh, looking at it again. I've got it, it in collection, too. To the critic's choice, and, you know, the critics hated it, so people are, like, signing it off. And, you know, it's kind of like going on Yelp, and you want to go to a restaurant, and, oh, it's got two why can't I view it myself? Oh, you know, another great werewolf movie classic from the 80s is um, um, uh, Neil Jordan's um, Company of Wolves. Ooh, I haven't it, seen that. Oh, that is classic. That is a typical, like a really eerie, atmospheric, uh, uh, Little Red Riding Hood inspired story directed by Neil okay. Jordan, who did Interview with a Vampire. It's really wow. good, and it and the werewolf stuff in it is is the transformations are classic. Yeah, I mean some and we haven't seen anything like it before or even really since. Mm. So yeah, Company of Wolves by Neil Jordan, it's excellent. Um, what's her name that um, played the voice of the teapot in the Beauty and the Beast cartoon? Um, um, uh, Angela. Uh, she played in Murder. She wrote. Um, she was. She plays the granny in it. Uh, okay. It's really great. Well, yeah, I think she was in that too. Angela. Uh, Angela Lansbury. Yeah, she plays the the grandmother in it, and and it's it's really a great classic werewolf story. Very very period a very period piece, and they do a great job. I mean, Neil Jordan is a genius director. The Crying mm. Game, Interview with the Vampire. So, yeah, you haven't seen it. you got to see it. Yeah. We uh, based a lot of our kills off of, like, how they did it in Ginger Snaps. We, I made ah. my director of photography watch that. And I said, look, I said, Mick, you know, we're doing this thing for 20K. We don't have the budget, you know, that we need to make this. So it's kind of going to be fast, quick cuts. So I said, watch Ginger Snaps. And he watched it. He's like, yeah, we can totally do that. And I just saw some dailies of the first kill. And I'm pretty impressed because the way he shot it. It's a combination of Ginger Snaps and then uh, American Werewolf in London. It's like those real quick cuts of the attack, Nick. And that that's pretty effective. You know what I mean? It's like if you see too much, it kind of ruins the mystique. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, many of a many a great director has said that over and over again, and it's true. Right? Yep. So yeah, yeah I would it really makes you wanna, like you know it makes you want to like uh, well in this day and age, I mean, you can like um, you can like do a still shot, and it still looks perfect. <laughs> But, I mean, it's quick, and it's like uh, when you're watching it and stuff. It's like I, I'm kind of a believer, too, old-fashioned believer, in you show, like, the full monster towards the end and stuff like that because yeah. it's the buildup of the suspense, and, you know, you, you want to see more of it. I'm a big creature fan, too, so you want to see more of it, so you keep, like, uh, and then you get the payoff. Yeah. Yep, indeed. 
Did we lose Francie? I, no, I'm oh, here. Oh, there, there she is. Thanks for having a good <laughs> conversation. I didn't want to blow it by, you know, by my, you know. <laughs> no, you guys were doing great. Uh, we are about to be cut off. And okay, guys. I, um, get me your ad. Yeah, we're line. in the after party now, and they cut us off after a couple of times. Uh, Eddie... I love you to death, man. You got my mojo back. You can even ask Nick. I walked out and I was like, holy crap, I got my mojo back. And the reason I got my mojo back is because you're such a great guest and you are a very good friend. Get me your address, guys, and I'll get those out to you, Nick. I'll get you the new Hell Week and then I'll get you Mother Krampus. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I, I was going to mention that <laughs> again. Yeah, we'll get we'll get with you on Facebook Messenger about that. I'm really anxious to see that. Yeah. Especially, I mean, that just that just moves moves you up like uh, to the front and center when it comes to any any director, anybody that's that's front and center in a movie. Uh, they they want to give me something that they've done or they're in. Just like a writer, you know. Oh my gosh, I I really like that kind of thing, <laughs> and, and um, I like the movie that I saw that you did. I saw it like one and a half times, I think, because there was saw it with Francie, um, um, and then uh, and then she yeah, and then uh, she was watching it again by herself uh, a few weeks later, and I'd be going back and forth, going, oh okay. Oh, okay, that's uh, that's the movie from that guy that you had on your show. What's his name again? Eddie. Eddie. That's that's the movie. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she really actually does when she says she does, she likes it. Um, so yeah. I'm probably gonna yeah, watch it tonight. That's a good story. That took me eight months to write that script, man. There's 35 revisions. It was crazy. You know, I was very particular with that with that script. And looking at it, there's things I still feel I could have did better. You know what I mean? But the one critic loved it, the kid from Horror Society. He gave us 9 out of 10. I'm like, oh, my God, what an honor. He's a pretty hard critic. And nice. he gave us a great – yeah, it was that Michael guy. He um, He's pretty rough. Like, he gave the other movies, like, sevens, fives, sixes. I think he gave Scarred an eight. He seemed to like Scarred with Ari Lehman, you know, the slasher I did. But, yeah, he gave us a nine. Um, and he was, like, want a sequel. But I I just don't know if I got another sequel in me on that one. I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> that took so much out of me. It took so much you know, the eight months of writing. Then it only took us a month to film it, and then we got it out within a year. We got it done in, in post within a year, nine months. Wow. But the market, yeah, the marketing, though, I pumped and pumped and pumped it. The premiere, and it just burnt me out, guys. It really burned me out, you know, and we didn't make a lot of money on it. And we got our money back. We made a few bucks, but... It's kind of disheartening when you work so hard like that, you know, and you just like you, it's like ah, but it's so. What makes it great is when the fans like it, you know what I mean. So it's like if you don't get the monetary 
But if you get the love from the fans, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that makes it all worth it, you know? Yeah. I'm not in this for the money, although as I get older, I want to make a living. Like when I get in my 60s, I'd like to keep doing this, you know, and stop DJing. Because DJing's getting harder and harder on me the older I get. You know what I mean? And, you know, 60s right around the corner. And it'd be really nice just to, you know, be able to live off some of the residual income from these films. You know what I mean? So the yeah, kids, is here's, bunch- here's what I think. I mean, you know, you got these big budget, high, you got the, the superhero movies. I mean, you got the Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, they're making billions of dollars. I think people need to take a look at the little guys who are who are out there pushing their money, putting their blood, sweat and tears. I mean, these guys they got billions of dollars, millions of dollars to make a movie. I think a lot of more people need to support the uh the little guys who are out there doing their blood, sweat and tears and saying, "Oh my gosh, how am I going to film this shoot?" You know, "Oh, I got to ask for money." You know, I think you independent filmmakers, you is a good example. I think people need to support you guys more than the billion dollar industry. And my 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 two cents is that um, independent filmmakers have a lot more going for them than the big studio um, appointed directors and and all this stuff. I'm as much of a you know fan of um, Marvel, Star Wars, and all and all the you know big franchises. Um, but I, I, I uh, they, there's something about independent directors, and I think that Hollywood is excessive. Too, with their spending money, they can like achieve uh, oftentimes some of the same results if they weren't so extravagant about it. If they're like really into making money in the first place, I mean, geez, like two hundred thousand, two hundred million dollar movies, two hundred fifty million, they need to break even by reaching like six hundred million. That's astronomical. And uh, you know, with independent filmmakers, they work with what they've got, and they've got their talent. Um, uh, uh, and uh, the talents of everybody that they work with in creating uh, a, a movie, and um, that's if they do it well, that's more impressive than the than all the you know the 250 million dollar movies that are out there. They're just like a lot of them are just recycled gibberish anyway. Nowadays, it's hard pressed to find something of substance that really has. Um, well, like I said about your werewolf movie, um, uh, like a, a freshness to it. Exactly. So, you know. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I, I hope in the ending, the ending's pretty remarkable. Like what... I don't know if we do a sequel. I don't even know how we take it from the. I don't want to give it away for you guys, you know, but it's just the ending's crazy. It's like, oh, my God, how can we? There's no way we could do a, another one for that budget because the way this the one audience ends. And suspense, including us. Yeah. Well, yeah, without it, we'll, we'll find out in time. Anyway, then you can disclose everything, and then the movie will be out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Eddie, I don't want us. To, I don't want Blog Talk Radio to cut us off in mid sentence. They're about to. I'm looking at the time clock. Um, okay. I I really did. Well, I actually I really do enjoy having. I not did because we're going to have you back. Hopefully, <laughs> if you still like us. But, of course. Yeah, you are one of my favorite guests. Um, I cannot wait to have you back on. And I don't want Block Talk Radio, I don't want the British woman to say goodbye. Yeah. And then okay. you're in mid-sentence. Um, I think i got to say this, though, too, really quickly. We've had a lot of um, independent directors, horror directors, on our show, on Francie's show. <laughs> well, it's ours. But um, but yeah, you're. I, I seem to me one of the most looking at everybody. Yeah, I mean, um, we've had some great stuff, but uh, you seem to be one of the most promising. So like, uh, and you know, another thing in kind of like a final thought is even when you feel like you're not succeeding and you're doing everything that you can, don't forget, even Ed Wood became a legend. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yep, indeed. Yeah. Oh, that's great, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Till we meet right, again, it's... right? Yes. We will definitely meet again, Eddie. <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy your week, and let me know when you want me and Rob to come back. We'll we'll do it. I let me know when I can get you and Rob to come back. Okay, I'm free. Well, no, next Sunday I'm filming, but maybe the Sunday after. All right, I'm gonna hold you to All right. it. Okay, friend. Nick, thanks, right, guys. And Can happy birthday to Cindy William Brower's wife. Say happy birthday, Eddie. Happy birthday, guys. Happy birthday, <laughs> Cindy. I love you, Eddie. I really do. Movies, movies. <laughs> hey, Nick. Hello. Woo-woo. Woo. I'm trying to find a, uh, I'm trying to find Don't Bite Your Friends. Oh, I was thinking of Don't Bite Your Friends. That's a great song. Mm-hmm. That's like a classic, like, multi-platinum hit by, what, the Bee Gees? Yeah. Or no, no, it was uh, by um, Taylor Swift, no. Doobie Brothers, no, I forgot. Um, hmm. Meatloaf. Uh... Don't bite your friends. All right, we're going to sing it off with this one. Ah. Really?
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.